Welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today we're at the Arclight Summit in Dallas, Texas. This is a new lighting venue, a new lighting concept around a ability to get people together to talk about things and also see some new hands-on products. Today, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Oscar Cobb, a principal at the Smith Group based out of the Detroit office. Oscar is on the board committee at Smith Group for the Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion program that they established in the wake of the death of George Floyd in 2020. They call this the JEDI program. And today we're gonna learn a little bit more about not only how they created this, but how they have the ability to execute on it. Oscar, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you here. I know that you've been at Arclight for uh, about a day and a half now. What do you think yeah. of the show? So far, it's going pretty good. Nice uh, setting and a lot of cool people that I've met here. A lot of good information I've also learned at the sessions that we've been in. So good time so far. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I think a big part of what Arclight sought out was uh, an opportunity to find folks such as yourself and your counterparts who are taking a look at the landscape of the AEC industry and maybe a bit of a different perspective. There's a lot that's always to be improved on in life, but a big part of that is the people. Who those people are, how they're treated, how they're supported, and really, I might just say educating people because you don't know what you don't know. Before we dive into the JEDI program and what you all are doing at Smith Group, give everybody just a little bit of a background. Who's Oscar? How did you get your start in lighting? I'm Oscar Cobb, as you've already told the folks, but I'm out of Detroit. I was actually born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. Born in Little Rock, Arkansas, but raised in Detroit, Michigan, um, the majority of my life. And I am a product of the city of Detroit in terms of education, in terms of my lived experience. And so I really am a strong advocate for young men that come out of an urban environment. And I'm really all about exposing them to different opportunities and bringing them into awareness of what they can be, uh, what they can do, despite maybe some of the messages that are out there that are encouraging them otherwise. When you took that dive into looking for a career as a young boy, what gave you the opportunity to join the AEC community? Honestly, I, I tell folks I, I stumbled into this industry. I went to school for mechanical engineering and I did not have a passion for anything but problem solving really. And the schooling that I started with was focused primarily on automotive and I really had no interest. I actually had a total disdain for automotive. Um, and so I was looking around and trying to find opportunities for myself. I took a break in my studies in order to earn money and pay some bills. At that time during that break, I started to search out places where I could use an engineering degree before I had it. You know, So I, I knew I was pursuing it, didn't know where I wanted to go with it, but I looked for places where I could actually be employed as an up and coming mechanical engineer. And there were architectural firms in the area that were looking for mechanical engineers, I was hired on as a draftsman and that opened my eyes to the AEC industry. And so it's really exciting to be involved in a world where I am helping build and shape the city around me. And you mentioned earlier about the lighting industry particularly, and I don't have the lighting chops to work with some of the really talented guys that are at Smith Group, but I enjoy interfacing with them and coordinating with them uh, in some of the buildings and the projects that we do because they're very talented people, but I really love 
love what I do as a mechanical engineer and working with uh, HVAC systems and plumbing system design and, and the things that really are behind the walls and support uh, a building just as it operates daily. Well, I would say you have a lot in common with people who are passionate about lighting. Yeah. There's a lot behind the walls that goes into uh, you know getting their equipment to work the right way. I know that you intimately know all of them because coordinating is the most fun part of every engineering feat, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the most high-paced <laughs> blood curling. <laughs> it is. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's always a war. It's always a bloodbath. Every trade thinks the other trade wins. Right. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure Revit will get there someday and just do it exactly. all for us. Exactly. I know, I know they promised the world that about 15 years ago, but um, we, won't, we won't hold our breath for that, right? Right. Having people who are passionate about what they do is something that's super important to the success of any industry. Sure. You are extremely passionate about the ability to solve problems. Sure. A big problem that sits in the AEC industry, and we'll talk specifically more just maybe about, you know, those engineering firms that are out there, such as the Smith Group where you work. Mm -hmm. And then there's tiny firms that are just local and, and have 15 people are generally speaking made up of a population that is predominantly white. True. Predominantly white men, there's been an interest from, I think, you know, women in the workplace, but there's been a, an incredible disadvantage to people such as yourself, people of color who either haven't had the opportunity to get the education to become an engineer sure. or if they get the education they don't know that this is even a career opportunity at the smith group you guys formed something called the jedi program yeah let's talk a little bit about the landscape of the industry today mm -hmm. uh, and where we're at and what spawned you to create that program The landscape of the AEC industry in general, as you already stated, really does have limited number of individuals of color, black specifically, and really the gender differential still remains quite in favor of male. If you just happen to scroll on the leadership website for any of the architecture firms that are large and well-known in your local area or even nationally, you'll find that many of them have a very similar look. They're mostly white male in leadership, and you will very rarely find uh, black leadership represented in those firms. And so Smith Group really in the past had been able to focus in on issues such as uh, women in leadership and things of that nature. But in light of the events that took place in 2020, really the uprising of a loud call for the society to acknowledge the fact that African-Americans, blacks have been disadvantaged in a lot of ways throughout our society and through uh, various infrastructures and platforms, Smith Group decided to finally speak up about it. And we also wanted to take a futuristic look at it and say, how can we look at the bigger picture? Not only just the issue of the blacks, which happens to be the current issue of today, but how can we look at the larger issue in the future of how we can collectively work together to improve diversity for the industry and for those who are coming behind not only the blacks, but other people of color, indigenous people, those that are needing to be in this industry, needing to be heard in this industry and represented, how can we make a space for them? And so in late July of last year, 
2020, the board decided to form a board committee. So that was a group of individuals that basically has agency to evaluate different processes, different things that are going on in the firm, make recommendations directly to the board, uh, have the resources available to talk with uh, and challenge our decision makers and leadership in the firm to do things that are different and would allow for diversity. And so that group was formed. It's really cool how it came together. We basically solicited applications from all of our our employees, 1,300 or so employees, and asked who wanted to be a part of the uh, inaugural group of, of this JEDI committee because we didn't want to take an approach where the leadership knew exactly what needed to be done. We wanted a, a cross-section of individuals who could provide various forms of insight. Um, and so this application process took place. And out of the applications, it was awesome how uh, we came up with 15 folks that really had, were a cross-section of our industries, the markets that we impact. Um, they were a cross-section of gender, race, a cross-section of levels of experience and time within the uh, firm, levels of experience uh, in the industry in general, uh, levels of management. So we, we crossed every line with the creation of this JEDI committee with the intention of making voices of the underrepresented individuals in the firm and even in the industry uh, have the opportunity to be heard. I think uh, with 1,300 employees, it goes without saying that's a task that you could put out there yeah. that might seemingly, while it takes some time, be somewhat easy to accomplish. Of course, it's not that it's weighted equal, but there was enough diversity built into your company at the time to go find that pool of people. Yeah. Not every single firm is as big as Smith Group. <laughs> right, right. Um, not every single even organization, whether they're in our industry or not, has those resources. The JEDI program is something that you all are modeling, obviously, for your company. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason that what we talk about today can't be applied anywhere else. Talk to me a little bit about, as you said, looking forward and looking to the future, what that mission is behind the JEDI program and how it might be able to spread as well. I will sum it up in one sentence what our mission wants to be. We desire to be a representation of the communities that we serve. That came out of a, a lot of thought uh, a lot of conversation and discussion about what the long-term goal is. And we realize, even after analyzing our own data, that right now we serve communities all over the country and even outside of the country. And many of them, we in Detroit, we sit in a 85% plus Black or African-American community, and we are less than 5% employed and even less than that 5% are professional. They may be support staff, but they're not professional individuals and very few of them are leaders. And so when you see that dichotomy, you have to make a decision to change what that looks like. And so we really want to be, again, we wanna be a representative our firm wants to be a, have an image that represents the communities that we serve. We do a lot of work, a lot of different places, and we want to those places to feel like we welcome them because we're reflective of them. Your offices vary in size. They vary in location. We were chatting earlier. I know you have one international location yeah. in Shanghai, China, and that's a totally different animal in and sure. of itself, which you might argue actually brings some diversity into the company based mm -hmm. on having you know a bunch of Chinese national citizens that are working with in your company. What things in the Smith Group existed before Jedi did that gave your company the courage and the wherewithal to say, not only do we need to do this, but we can. In reality, there were a number of parts of 
uh, the things that the Jedi really came together around that were already in motion in Smith Group. Um, as I shared earlier, we had done uh, more than five years ago an effort regarding women in leadership. So we'd already took an introspective look at ourselves and decided that it was a disparity in our female leadership. And so we wanted to improve that. And so we began at that time collecting some data, collecting uh, demographic data throughout our various offices, trying to identify where those gaps um, in leadership stood. And so honestly, that effort uh, was a great foundational platform for us when we began to gather similar data on race, ethnicity, and the aspects of that in our various cities where we represent it. And so that, along with a couple other practices, so we were doing things like pay equity analysis, just to be fair, because we realized that in various industries, uh, women are paid less than males, people of color are paid less than uh, whites. And so we were already engaged in a pay equity analysis. We have hired in the past firms to analyze our internals and kind of understand like where we are in really in position compared to our competitors. But we have been doing some things to assess ourselves. We have been collecting data again, just to help us look at ourselves across the various offices and understand where we are performing in terms of uh, retaining our staff of color, acquiring staff of color, um, and really just building on that same information is really what the Jedi group took. Uh, those things were in place already. We just took some of those things and, and began to uh, work to try and strengthen them and expand their, their impact. It's really cool that you had some kind of uh, groundwork done sure. to be able to say, we need to do this. And you were able to activate this in an extremely short amount of time yeah. and start to implement it. I want to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to dive in more to that Jedi mindset, not only what it does, but how you've been able to implement and execute that and share some stories about how you feel like it's already hard at work for you and your entire community that you serve. Sound good? Cool. Thank you, man. Hey, it's Sam. Real quick. The Light Pod is brought to you by Lada, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. They bring you things like this podcast, and of course, a bunch of fun, short, and informative videos that talk about light, that celebrate light, that document it and maybe even show you a cool new thing or two. Check them out. That's lytei.com. And welcome back. Over the break, Oscar and I were catching up just a little bit more about that Jedi program and how it truly has a two-prong approach. Not only is the Jedi mindset important in the workplace, but it's important to let that transpire out into the community to let the community know, hey, we're here, we exist, and we're going to not only support you and give you opportunities, but then teach you how to continue to do it for all those around you. Oscar, break that down a little bit more for me. Sure. In reality, it's not enough for us to simply talk about diversity. Um, so adding other people to the room and treating them inclusively. But we believe that the justice part of it, the equity part of it is trying to give them opportunity, trying to give them platform, trying to give them voice in our processes. We're designing places and we're creating spaces for the communities that many diverse people live in. And so a part of the effort that we have really, and I'll be honest, it's not only just our Jedi committee, but there are local Jedi committees within each of our offices that are full of 
passionate volunteers that are going out into their communities, engaging young people through various programming to introduce them to the field of architecture and engineering and construction and give them that exposure um, where maybe they've only seen the labor side of that, never seen the design side of that. They've never known that they were capable of putting together imagery. They didn't know that their sketching and their artwork can actually help design a, a space or a place for future students just like themselves to be. And so we're really about that two-pronged approach because the justice piece really is giving those individuals a voice where they had not had one before. Talk to me a little bit about the equity piece of it. So the equity really is just understanding that there are a number of people in our various communities that have been disadvantaged. And for such a long period of time that when they come to the table, when they come uh, into our doors or into our profession, they need assistance to make their understanding of various things equitable with ours. They come from a scenario where they've not had the opportunity to sit at the table and have the discussions that are being had. And so there's no familiarity there. There's no comfort there. They've not been given the access to some of the individuals. And so there's a, a there's a whole stigma and a whole mindset when you come into that kind of access and that kind of opportunity for the first time. And so to make it equitable, we have to help those folks along. We have to give them support as they grow their potential, as they become uh, great impactors and great leaders. I think it's incumbent upon us to give them the support that's necessary to do that successfully. Um, And so I I think that's a part of it. There's certainly more to it, but I think that's a major part of it. And when you look at that equity opportunity and being able to reach out to the community, what have you done with your JEDI program to start to execute on that? Yeah, so it's really cool. We talk about some of the things that Myth Group was doing beforehand and then also how we were able with the JEDI committee to kind of solidify some of those things. So we, before JEDI was formed, had an equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, scholarship through Smith Group. And so it was the the firm had decided that they would give $6,000 worth of scholarship funds to support the academic education of five individuals uh, of color or underrepresented groups in pursuit of an architectural related degree. Um, So that was started five years ago. And then in our recent considerations regarding JEDI and and how to expand that, we also added a component and a requirement regarding the internship component of that. And so they get a paid internship for the summer program. Um, that we host there at the firm and actually deadline is coming up in late October. So get your apps in. (laughs) Now that's, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that is such a, I just want to point out how small of a detail that is, but how thoughtful it is. And this is what all of this is about. It's not about saying, you know, we're going to throw money at the problem. It's not about saying we're going to change the world overnight. It's about simply thinking through things and you can afford to pay an intern. Sure. Yep. But there's an easy opportunity to not pay interns. Right. But by saying we want to not only sponsor this, we want to ask you to come work here. And we want to show you right away off the bat that you can get paid for your work. You can understand that. But then you can use that as a conversation to talk to them about money and what it means to be independent or, you know, have your own financial resources to do what you want to do. Learn that decision making and everything. There's just... One little choice right there makes such a big difference. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you know keep walking us through what else you guys are doing to execute on all of this. Yeah. So just to follow up on that one point, the other thing is while they're there, they get that exposure and they get that conversation with other professionals about their future. You know, so that's like that is so paramount for young 
students of any color, but certainly for ones who are in the minority in their education system, uh, in the minority in the industry, to give them that leg up by having that exposure and that opportunity to be mentored is really, really critical. Um, the other thing that we're doing that was really powerful and exciting that most recently happened, we formed a partnership with the historically black colleges and universities. And so that partnership is really centered around supporting those students at those companies. So about 32, I believe, 32% of the NAB accredited uh, architectural degrees awarded in the U.S. come from uh, the seven HBCUs. And so Smith Group, we had already a connection, like a couple of our offices had already connections with local HBCUs. Well, we figured as a company, we, we could join together and support those local offices by mentoring, and especially in this virtual environment and remote environment, mentoring those students, doing design critiques for them, allow, and again, they become eligible as well to become internship, paid interns, and get that mentorship, that FaceTime. So that is a new program that we really just got engaged with in the last few months, actually, and then hopefully, uh, we're working on a piece where there's sponsorship involved, where we will either put together a grant or some form of endowment that would support the schools that we're engaged with in those partnerships. So it's some really, really cool stuff. It goes without saying Smith Group is big. You have these resources. Mm -hmm. Is there any reason people can't be a part of your JEDI program, even if they're not at Smith Group? <laughs> That's an interesting thought, man. Um, uh, I don't know if I can answer that one. <laughs> you know, to be honest, everybody is a part of the Jedi community if you're doing something uh, that helps the cause. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it's all about. You know, we all have a part to play in changing things. And some people are not all about the formal commitment of sitting on a committee and having all of these long Zoom calls and things like that to kind of make the decision about what to do and how to do it. But some people are just about doing it and finding a way in their part of their world to make that impact. And that's all it takes really to be on the Jedi Committee. I was going to say, it's the last part of the Jedi. It's the I. It's right. the inclusion. Anybody can do this, yeah, right? There absolutely. doesn't have to be a formal program, but sure. having something like that to guide it and move it forward is always something that is welcome, especially in uh, in the era of today. Where absolutely. People are maybe looking for a checklist or a method or a means or, or a way to capture and efficiently do something that they, they are hearing they need to do. Yeah. When you look at the Jedi program, it's about a year old now. Mm-hmm. It's having some success. What is your hope for it as it continues to move forward? And how might you offer up any suggestions to people out there who want to start something like this? Yeah. What are good resources to dig into something like this? My hope for the future really is that um, we do achieve our goal of becoming a reflection of the communities that we serve. You know, so um, that will look different in our various offices, but we're okay with that because that's the goal is we understand we're diverse and we want to reflect that to the outward world. So that's that to me would be the ultimate goal. And what I do realize is that won't happen overnight. Um, I do realize it may not happen in, uh, effectively in the next three years or so. I certainly hope we'll be on, well on our way in three to five years, but I know it takes time. And so in regards to what I would do to encourage folks, what I would encourage folks to do in their own 
own efforts and looking for resources, I would encourage you actually to go to Smith Group's website and check out the information that we do have about JEDI on there. Um, we've made a number of statements. There's a lot of resources that are connected to the action plans that exist. To be honest, AIA has a number of great resources. NOMA, a National Organization of Minority Architects, um, has a, a lot of great resources that really drive some of the initiatives that are happening. Design Justice um, is another platform that has a lot of resources. There are a ton of resources out there, but I would just encourage people to kind of dig deep and find out what fits you. You know, everybody cannot do all the things that Smith Group does, but everybody can do something. And that's that's really what you got to do. You know, make an effort to do something. By giving everybody the open door, as you just said, to do something. It can be little, it can be big. It could be something as simple as putting yourself in the shoes of the person that you're giving the opportunity to or trying to create it for. Absolutely. And instead of giving them what you think they need, mm -hmm. ask them what they need mm -hmm. and then give that to them. Sure. Oscar, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you so much for inspiring me. And I hope so many others that get the chance to listen to this. If they want to catch up with you more, talk more about this, what's the best way people can get in touch with you? As I said, you can reach out to me. Actually, uh, <laughs> I hope I don't get a whole whole ton of emails. But I, uh, hope, you, I hope you get as many <laughs> as people listen to us. Uh, but Oscar.com at SmithGroup.com. Um, I'm, I'm honestly welcoming any emails, any feedback, any consideration, any additional resources or whatever, because we're open. We know there are tons of ideas out there, um, tons of thought on diversity, um, and we're open to those. And Smith Group, I think, is an open group that's willing to take information and, and put it up against data uh, and try to do the best we can in terms of improving and so i'm open to to be reached out to personally if need be you've got a great mentality i wish you all the best of luck as jedi continues to grow let us know how we can help you and if you're out there and you made it to the end of this podcast thank you consider what you can do consider how you might be able to look around and make a difference in someone's life that doesn't necessarily seem normal but would actually at the end of the day be pretty easy to do oscar Hang in there. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. See you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Light Pod. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and click that like, follow, or subscribe button. That's the best way to never miss another episode where we talk to people about all things lighting who have inspirational and thought-provoking conversations to share. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.